Welcome to Paychecks Thrive, a business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Paychecks Thrive podcast. My name is Gene Marks. I am really happy to have with me here Congresswoman Chrissy Houlihan, a Democrat from Pennsylvania, and Congresswoman Stephanie Bice, a Republican from Oklahoma. First of all, uh, let me uh, let me just say we we first ever. I don't know if we ever actually have a call with both a Democrat and a Republican uh, that are that are on this call working together for something that's really important for the country and for small businesses. So uh, thank you, first of all, for for doing this. And what the, this is is a, a bipartisan working group. Um, you know, both uh, bo- both of you have, have pushed to form this group, which involves representatives from both parties from around the country to talk about paid family leave. So who wants to go first? I, we we want to get just sort of an explanation. I know you, the, the group has met twice. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do the choosing. So Congresswoman Bice, uh, let me ask you to start with, tell us a little bit about the working group, how it came about and why uh, why you're doing this. Sure. Well, you know, Representative Hillahan and I um, got to know each other in uh, the last Congress serving on the Armed Services Committee together. And she approached me about looking at expanding um, or or offering paid leave for service members, um, because that was something that she struggled with uh, when she was in the service. And so we actually worked on legislation last Congress that was in the NDAA uh, to be able to allow for service members to take paid leave uh, for birth of a child, uh, adoption, and so forth. And so this Congress, um, the idea was proposed to us to really look at joining forces and creating a bipartisan uh, paid family leave uh, working group. And my real perspective here was let's start from ground zero. We know that there has been uh, several proposals put forward on the House and the Senate side uh, in in a variety of ways. But I really wanted to take a step back and start from scratch with no preconceived idea of what the policy should look like and begin to speak to the groups that have a vested interest in this, not only um, in the business community, but also uh, in, you know, sort of the private sector. And so we've started that process now and um, look forward to continuing to work through that over the next couple of months or so before we really start looking at trying to put together some sort of legislation. Congresswoman uh, Hulahan, uh what was your interest in getting involved in this? Um, my, that, my interest is personal, right? I think it is for many of us. Um, I am a mom and I also have had a full and, and vibrant career, but I've struggled with trying to make both of those things match up at various points in time and particularly at events such as the birth of a child or frankly other sorts of events or stressors like a sick um, family member or the death of somebody as well. These are all inflection points that really stress uh, families and stress people who who are uh, otherwise able to work effectively, uh, would be otherwise able to work effectively. So in my particular case, I was active duty in the military when I had my first child. I had six weeks of what amounted to convalescent leave, not you know paid uh, family leave of any kind. And I had a gap to fill because it was six weeks of leave 
uh, for the birth, but it was six months to wait for availability of childcare. And that, of course, was a real struggle for me to try to figure out how to put those two uh, conflicting things together. And so I think uh, Stephanie, Representative Bice, has had the same kind of struggle and experience. We're trying to match up the needs of your family with the needs of, of your your career and your work. Um, sometimes doesn't work. So I uh, worked on, as, as Stephanie mentioned, um, paid leave for military employees and for federal employees. And the next step is more paid leave for more people. Great. Uh, Representative Bice, let me, let me turn to you as well, just to make sure that we have a definition right as well. There's, you know, there, there's mandated sick time or sick time. There's, you know, mandated vacations. There are three states right now that now have mandated, you know, vacations for businesses. And then there's parental leave and there's family leave. So can you, can, just to make sure that we're clear what the group is working on, this is a family and parental leave thing, correct? This is not a sick time and not a, a vacation thing? That's correct. And really um, what we're looking at is using uh, FMLA as sort of a guide. You know, there are very specific um, a, a policy and outline of how FMLA is put forward. And so we're kind of using that maybe as a baseline to understand better um, what direction that we should go. And, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for us to have uh, what my um, colleague and engineer uh, would say is scope creep. Uh, into various areas, whether it is uh, certain types of leave or even, you know, childcare is a big challenge right now for a lot of families. And we recognize those things, but our focus has to be on this specific issue. And that is how do we offer um, more options for moms and dads and families to have the ability to, um, you know, focus on the family, uh, especially when those parent newborn uh, kids are coming along. That's a great, that's great. And, and Representative Bice, just to stick with you as well, the, a lot of times when there's, um, you know, issues like this workplace type issue, like, like I, I interviewed, um, Senator Paul, Rand Paul, like, uh, you know, a few months ago about minimum wage, you know, and his feeling was that shouldn't be a uh, national minimum wage. We should leave it up to, you know, uh, you know, states to do that or even cities. It's more of a local issue. And, and I do find that, that, you know, people on the, on the, on the Republican side do tend to shift a little bit more towards, Let's leave it for the states, you know, whereas I know people that, you know, are on the Democratic side say, no, this is more of a national issue. We should the federal government should be doing that. Are you you know, and this is for, for you, Representative Bice, is are you seeing that in these discussions? Like, are you finding that your your colleagues on the, you know, on the Republican side are talking more about let's let, let's make it more of a local thing versus a national thing? Or are you finding more acceptance for a national policy? I think we d definitely have more acceptance um, on this issue. And look, we're only one of seven countries in the world that doesn't have some sort of national paid yeah. family leave policy. And one of the maybe challenges is we now have states that are looking at putting in place some sort of leave parameter um, individually, whether it's a private sector solution or through a public um, entity. And that creates an unlevel playing field, particularly for companies that have a nationwide presence. So being able to figure out, can we create maybe a baseline for what uh, paid family leave should look like? And then should states want to do something uh, maybe, you know, more robust or offer more? They certainly can. But maybe having that that baseline is really what we're trying to focus on. Right, that's great. Um, Representative Houlihan, the, um, it, it always amazes me that th th there are cities and countries and other areas, unrelated, like homeless, we have a homeless problem in Philadelphia, 
And yet when I visit my wife's family in London, they do not seem to have the same level of homeless problems there. Like they've, that city has figured out certain things to do um, that I think could be replicated, you know, by, by cities here. And I kind of have the same thing with, with paid family leave. I mean, like, like representative, you know, Bice just said, I mean, we're one of seven countries that don't have something like this. So, so representative Julian, isn't this just a matter of, of, you know, of pulling out a playbook from another country that is, is already doing this and just say, okay, let, let's take what they've done. They've, they've taken us to third base. Maybe we make a few changes to get us across home plate, but it's, it, you know, it, it, it is something that, you know, we've got a model to follow. And is that something that the, the, the group is doing? Yeah, I would probably push back on that and say, you know, American and an American solution is probably the best solution that we should come up with. And I agree with Representative Bice with Stephanie saying that we're looking to set a baseline. We now have 13 or so states that have already established some sort of paid leave, paid family leave processes. And this is a bit of a runaway, runaway train. We need to catch up with the runaway train on this and many other issues, frankly, like issues of privacy or um, issues of AI. We need to make sure that there is at least a federal baseline on these kinds of issues. And yes, you're not wrong to say that that there are lots of nations that have really good and very, very robust family leave policies and other sorts of leave policies, but they're not us. Uh, they don't have the same you know, infrastructure and, and uh, economy that we do. And so we do, we have looked as one of our several me meetings, we've had now four meetings and a fifth one is coming up. We did have all of the states come in, as many as who were willing to come in and talk to us about what was working, what best practices were working across those states. And I think that's probably a better proxy for what the solution will look like rather than what something is looking like in um, in Europe, as an example. Okay, that's great. And let me stick with you um, as well before you, you mute yourself again. Representative, <laughs> um, you know, obviously our audience right now are, are business owners, so I, I know you know there, there's two big questions that they're going to ask, and I'm going to split them between the two of you. Number one is like, how is this going to be paid for? And number two is more regulations that I'm going to have to deal with, right? So I'll start with you, Representative Huland. I'll ask you the how is this going to be paid for thing. I know you might not have the answers because this is a group that you're talking to. So you're trying to figure this out. But can you give us a little bit of a flavor of what's being discussed about paying for this type of uh, legislation? So what we are looking at, to your point, is we've looked at um, what each of the states have done. And each one of those states has a different model and a different pay for, so to speak. So we're looking for best practices there. We are also rep uh, understanding, I'm a former entrepreneur. I grew businesses from startup to scale and sale. I understand what it means to be the sixth person there and to go on maternity leave and you're, you know, now there's five. Like, I understand what this the struggle is. But I also understand that the more that you grow if you even have one person who lives across the state line in Delaware, I'm from Pennsylvania in Philadelphia area, then you've got a whole new set of regulations and structure, structural problems because you have a nexus in two different places. And so this really does argue for a federal baseline solution. It really does argue not only because it's the right thing to do for people and we're well behind in terms of our peer nations, but also because it's the right thing to do for our economy. And so I think that what, who, who pays for it and what the structure might look like, you know, is the devil's going to be certainly in the details. And there are lots of different models that are out there that we will certainly take a look at. But I think what we can agree with is that this is the time has come for this. I think when you've got both bipartisan Democrats and Republicans and the Senate and the House bipartisanly talking about this, you might be on to something that's important right now. 
Okay. Jean, if I could maybe jump in Please. quickly and just maybe um, follow up on the last question, which was looking at other countries and maybe modeling after them. The reason it doesn't work, um, or at least one reason it wouldn't work, was because if you look at, for example, the Asian American community, um, we actually invited them to be part of our discussion, uh, I think it was last week, with the Asian Chamber of Commerce. They came in and when we asked them about paid leave, they said, well, that's not really a, a, a crucial thing for many of our folks because we actually have multi-generational living um, accommodations. So you have grandparents, parents, and children uh, living all together. And so it makes for, I think, an interesting and unique dynamic, which they may not be as focused on this issue as our, you know, um, you know uh, as some of the other families that are um, more of a, a traditional American uh, dynamic. It's a great point. And, you know, I mean, you, you can't just apply what other countries are doing. I realize to the, we live in a huge country. I mean, we, we, you know, we have countries that are somewhat successful even with, you know, national health care, but that models would not work in this country. So, um, I totally get it. I, I guess the point I was, you know, just saying that if, if, if we, there has been success in other countries around the world, it, you know, is this group, you know, this bipartisan group at least considering, um, what is working elsewhere that we could, plagiarize in a friendly way. And well, use and I would here. take that back to um, an initiative I worked on in Oklahoma when I was in the state Senate. You know, no state was alike. And I had to figure out what what was best for Oklahoma. And in this case, it's the exact same. You can look at other countries and other models, but at the end of the day, it really is what's best for the United States. Fair enough. That's a great answer. And and um, Representative Bice, why, why I still have you unmuted Um the, you know, the, the part two of the question, of course, was, was about regulations, you know, and, and again, I just so you know, like I speak to a lot of industry groups during the year, like 50 to 60. And, and I talk about all these different things coming down from the EEOC, the Department of Labor, worker classifications, pay transparency, uh, overtime. You know, there's a lot you know, that's going on right now. So, you know, to come back to businesses and say, oh, you know, we're going to have a new type of mandate or regulations can be paid for, you know. Again, what is how, how how does your group address that? How do you make it palatable for for business owners? Well, that's certainly something that was a topic of conversation in our last meeting with the chambers of commerce. You know, they represent businesses that have a tough time navigating the regulatory environment that they are in currently. So layering on a, a whole new type of program is going to be a challenge, and that's why it's important for us to ask the right questions to get input from these organizations, uh, to get feedback as we start to work on drafting the legislation, because we really want their support. We want them to be able to stand up and say, this is good for our members and it's good for the country. And to be able to do that, they have to have buy-in. So ensuring that they have a seat at the table and their voices are heard will be an important part of making sure that we get this across the finish line. It's a good answer. And, and, you know, and just speaking on, I have 10 employees. I mean, I've speaking on behalf of a business owner, my clients as well, you know, putting aside how this is going to be paid for, and that's a big, you know, that's a big thing. Um, it does level the playing field for a lot of smaller companies and, you know, they can't provide that kind of paid family leave for, you know, that bigger companies can do. And we're competing against those companies for, you know, for employees. And if there is a way for there to be, you know, a, a regulation to do it, that again, is something that, is not too excessively costly. I do think that it does, you know, level the playing field. So that, re you know, that remains to be seen. Um, Representative Houlihan, back to you. Uh, and I'll, I'll, only a couple more questions. I'll let you guys go. You've been great. Uh, uh, 
who would administer something like this? I mean, has, has that been, is this a Department of Labor thing? Is this, uh, you know, some other, like, in other words, if, if this would have to be legislation, I'm assuming, this is not like just like an executive order regulation. Um, who do you, who does the group envision carrying out such a, such, such a law? So I don't know that I can necessarily give you the answer to that question, but my guess is none of the thing, the entities that you just named would be the people who would carry this out. My guess is that it would be something that would be enabled and supported by the federal government, but executed at the state level, um, because I think that that's the way that most successful programs have worked uh, historically, um, whether it's unemployment or other you know sorts of uh, solutions for, for issues that we face at a state level. What I will say, going back to Stephanie's conversation about our small business conversation. We had our first meeting with people who had been the authors of the FMLA. And it was a very difficult conversation that they must have had 30 years ago with all these different stakeholders that we're talking to now to try to thread the needle, to try to figure out what is a big business? What is a small business? How do we make sure that we have as level of a playing field as we possibly can to be able to enable family medical leave to happen? And remember, that was just unpaid, the ability for you to be able to have a job retained. And even not everybody is even covered by that in, in uh, right now, as estimated that a quite a large population is not covered. Fast forward to now, and here we are having the same conversations. And to a person, each one of those folks who were at the small business roundtable, and we will have a similar one for larger businesses, said, this is ethically and morally the right thing to do. It's the right thing to provide opportunities for families to be able to take this important time with their children. But I am a small business owner, owner and operator, and we need to figure out a way to level the playing field. The sole proprietors were actually quite interesting because they also want to be able to um, energize their companies. They want, in some cases, to be able to stay sole proprietors and compete that way. In some cases, they want to scale to a big organization. How do you make it so that we make it so that they have the opportunity to participate in this sort of a program or plan as well? Because that one person shop may end up being a 200, 300, 500 person yeah. shop. It's some point in time. So it's it's a complicated uh, a solution set that we're trying to solve for. And I, I hope that we're the right we're the right team to do it. I'm sure you are. Go ahead, Representative. Uh, and if I can just piggyback off of that, one of the things that became very apparent during COVID was that women were leaving the workforce to be able to yeah. stay home and take care of children. And when they re-engaged, they really wanted to re-engage on their own terms. And uh, that meant that maybe some flexibility in the workplace, working from home a couple of days a week or working during school hours and then finishing up in the evenings, you know, trying to find that balance. And uh, small businesses, you know, are um, a perfect sort of mm -hmm. fit for that in many ways. And it gives the larger businesses maybe um, a, a little bit of perspective on, hey, I need to be able to, to make sure that I'm providing that flexibility across um, across my organization. Because if I do that, um, I'm actually re-engaging uh, the workforce. We've seen significant numbers of women that, um, you know, want to come back, but just can't really figure out how to make that work. And this is an opportunity um, to try to re-engage. Yeah, it's a major issue. And I guess it's like anything else, it depends on how it's sold. And, uh, you know, again, if businesses understand that um, it's going to provide a relief to their workers that they come to work, uh, you know, it is, you know, that, that's reason enough to support something like that. And the other thing is, I'm, I am old enough to remember when the Family Medical Leave Act came out and all of the uproar and the hoopla and, you know, whatever, the yelling and the screaming. Uh, and it's been fine. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's been established, it's been accepted. It's, it's something that has been 
uh, you know, I don't hear people complaining about it. It just, it is what it is. It's like anything else. Um, final words, uh, Representative Kulay, if I can ask you, um, where do we go next? Like you said, I thought you guys only met twice. I don't realize you guys have met like five or six times already. So that's great to hear. Um, so what's the plan now to try and put some type of a bill together? And, and, and again, Representative Kulay, what what do you think is the, what are the prospects for something like that? And, and Representative Bice, I'll give you a chance to chime in on that as well. I'd like to hear your thoughts. But why don't you start with us, Representative Bice? So if I had to sort of roadmap this out, I would say there would be a continuation of the fact-finding and fact-gathering that we've been having until, you know, we've sufficiently saturated the, the uh, set of um, stakeholders and that we also understand, we kind of have a baseline understanding in our group of what's out there and what's been done before. I then think at that point in time, we do have the opportunity to potentially put something together as a legislative concept or several legislative concepts and sort of socialize them and shop them around to people both, you know, in our parties and across the, the hill as well. But it's not just about legislative solutions. It's also about making sure that we advocate for whatever it is that we're able to, to accomplish. Convening is a really important superpower of members of Congress. You can check it out in the Constitution. Um, and, and we can continue to do that if we're able to push something across the finish line. And I do have optimism that we can for lots and lots of different reasons we haven't talked about uh, today. If we're able to push something out, to your point, it's also about the marketing and the branding. It's also about making sure that we communicate and message what this is about um, and what it's not about so that people will buy into it literally and figuratively, depending on how we, you know, how we structure it so that we're able to make sure that the adoption happens. Because I think that's part of some of the things that we have tried to solve with has been relatively speaking, low knowledge, low level of knowledge and low level of adoption. So that's going to be also the challenge of the working group. All right. That is great. And what about you, Representative Vice? What are your thoughts? No, I, I agree with everything that Chrissy just said. Uh, we're still in that fact-finding phase. And once we sort of, um, you know, finalize or finish what we think uh, is the end of that process, then we can begin putting together a framework. And I anticipate that will take quite some time. Uh, we've been a little preoccupied with some other issues on the Hill currently. Um, and so we haven't been able to maybe spend as much time as I would like um, focused on this at the moment. But we will have that opportunity. And I agree with, with Chrissy. We are committed to trying to find something that we, um, you know, can, can move forward in what way or fashion that looks like. I don't know. I think I'm optimistic because you've also had the Senate engage on this issue and, um, and they are willing to, to sort of work with us as well. And you haven't seen that in the past. So there's, I think, a tremendous amount of um, excitement uh, around this topic. You've seen it across the board. Uh, Christy and I have done quite a few interviews on this topic over the last several months. And I think it just shows that this is an incredibly important issue uh, and a need, it's time to uh, try and address it. I, I just got to say in closing that, uh, I mean, this, this is why you guys ran for Congress. You know, I mean, this is, a, I mean, this is really, you can look back on this hopefully 30 years from now, if something like this gets passed and be like, wow, you know, we really were instrumental in passing something that had an enormous impact on people's lives. And I think that's what this bill could do. Um, and you're doing it the right way. I mean, um, you know, putting together a bipartisan group and doing the fact finding, it's it's the right way to do it. And I want to wish you the best of success. And we will, I'll keep close tabs on this. And maybe we guys you know, can have you guys back individually or together again to give us an update. Because I know a lot of employers are really uh, interested to see what comes of this. It's very important. So thank you both. Thank you both. I have been speaking to uh, two congresswomen, uh, Representative um, um, Bice and Representative Houlihan, 
Uh, one from Oklahoma, Representative Vice uh, Representative Hulan is from Pennsylvania, uh, close to my hometown in Philadelphia. I want to thank you guys both for joining me. All of you have been listening and watching the Paychecks Thrive podcast. My name is Gene Marks. We appreciate your time. We'll be back to you again shortly with another episode. Take care. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychecks can help. Visit the resource hub at paychecks.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychecks can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2023, all rights reserved.